Your support helps us bring fresh voices, new voices, and credible voices. Support Mind Podcast by clicking on support the Mind Podcast link on mind.net. You can also write to us at info at mind.net about any other way you would like to support Mindmakers. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this new edition of Mind Podcast. Uh, this is Adit Kapadia, and together with me is Sunanda Vashisht. How are you doing, Sunanda? Good. How are you, Adit? Uh, staying high and dry in Houston. So yeah, that's, that's a good, good. thing. That's a good way to start. <laughs> um, Together with us, coming from Singapore today, is uh, our special guest, uh, Mr. Anurag Saxena. He's an activist with the India Pride Project and is an author and columnist and has written for various portals. Um, he's been involved. India Pride Project has been around for almost four years in action and pro- I'm sure a lot more years before in planning. Um, it's a very interesting project and we have carried various pieces on the India Pride Project by And Vijay also the interview and, uh, and, and with the Vijay, who's co-founder of IPP. Yeah, right. interesting. And and about how the cause is so noble about bringing uh, their slogan is really good bringing our gods home yeah i love that so so without further ado i'm going to have anurag talk a little bit more about ipp but welcome to the podcast anurag well guys hi um what a pleasure it is to be here with you guys Uh, you know i I think you have a bunch of fanboys around you so you've got to add me to the list (laughs) (laughs) you're too kind very kind of you (laughs) And, and, you know, thanks so much for actually talking about the India Pride Project because uh, we've noticed because of the kind of narrative we are trying to build, because of the kind of objective we have, um, you know, we are almost uh, kind of met by silence by traditional Lupians media. So thanks so much for for actually doing this. Yeah, I think IPP um, sort of coincided with when uh, Mindmakers was launched. Among the first things that we did was um, sort of uh, get IPP into the narrative because it was so important to us that, um, you know, what we are doing is also in a way bringing our heritage back home that's also what we we are doing but you of course do it in a much bigger way and uh, Mm. in a more tangible way Mm. so congratulations to you first of all well thanks thanks so much i think um yeah look you know we 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 love and need all the support that we can get but you know and and yeah i do remember that piece which was you know almost a couple of years back yes um and just just to kind of for the audience that might not have heard about us um, just to quickly introduce the, the, the project. So, IPP, very simply put, um, India Pride Project uh, is a project where we find and recover um, stolen Indian artifacts and heritage that have been smuggled all over the world. Mm. Um, you know, just purely in terms of uh, uh, what our objectives are. So, one clearly is the, the academic part or the intellectual part, which is you know, the research around figuring out what has gotten stolen from where, you know, how it's gotten smuggled out, how can we bring it back, etc., etc. But um, more importantly, you know, the BNC objectives, which is, you know, building public uh, awareness, you know, for people to even realize how much has actually gotten stolen from India. It's, it's, it's weird and surprising that we don't know how much of our heritage from our country has actually gotten stolen. And, you know, the final objective which, you know, which we've learned the hard way is to actually create more appetite within the government to prioritize this issue um, and recognize how, how serious it is. 
विच अनफॉर्चुनेटली हैजेंट एग्जिस्टेड ओवर द लास्ट सेवेंटी ईयर्स यू नो किसी को समझ में भी नहीं आता कि ये कितना बड़ा इश्यू है और इसके रिप्रिकॉशन क्या है People think of it, Anurag. Just to go, and then you can bring in. People think of it as a mere theft, and they think that it is, uh, you know, like somebody um, a necklace in my house was stolen. It is just the same thing. It is. It will take immense amount of work from your side and from our side and from everybody's side to tell people that when you steal a. Thousand-year-old Ganesha. It's not the same as stealing a diamond necklace from somebody's house. No, and and you have because to, this is also history and heritage. Somehow the word on the street has not gone that far. And before you come in, Anurag, uh, because some this is something me and uh, Anurag were chatting up. Anurag and I were chatting up last week, just planning for the podcast. And uh, what shocked me was the sheer scale of this theft. Yes. If you look at the global artifacts ma- market, and Anurag probably has the facts on his fingertips. Um, how much? How many percent? Indian artifacts. Well, it's very interesting. We we have the the numbers from the US um, from last year. Oh, sorry, so US. Twenty sixteen numbers, yeah. and fifty two percent of the artifacts brought into the US were actually of Indian origin. Can you believe that, guys? Just let that sink in for a second. The people who are listening to it, this podcast, fifty-two percent of all the artifacts smuggled into United States are from one country, India. Wow. Absolutely, and you know the international narrative is that you know here they are Syria victim and Iraq victim and Yemen victim, hmm. but reality is you know. Uh, Indian um, imports into the US were I think seventy nine million or seventy six million. Hmm. Iraq, on the other hand, was two and a half million. That's it. Wow. So it is like seventy million something and two point five million. Uh, but you know the people that said the narrative unfortunately don't see this as an issue, which is kind of sucks. Yeah. Yeah. and i mean i hate to put it also but do you also see that the religion aspect coming in that because uh, these are you know indic faiths uh, there is not a whole lot of <laughs> indic writers on the global platform and or people don't understand people sort of think that it's pagan and uh, they don't give it the kind of uh, respect that it should get i mean i'll give you an example do you really think basharat peer is going to write about what happened to the martand sun temple no No, that's what but, I'm saying. But then I do. So you no. So but I'm saying. Yeah. Like, yeah. This is this is. Whoa, no. Yeah. It's it's on a. a I, I mean, I'm not attributing motives or something, but I I don't know if it's a factor. So, but but what? You know, let me yeah. in my in my personal experience, hmm. it's very interesting. So if you look at the India Pride Project, hmm. right? Um, there's a reason we call it the India Pride Project because for us. um we genuinely are religious or religion agnostic right so we've traced you know jain heritage buddhist heritage christian heritage islamic heritage mm. and of course hindu heritage which will be the large chunk if you do need if, if if somebody wants to buy a 2000 year old murti from india mm. chances are very high it will be a hindu murti because you know mughals hadn't invaded us by then and we yeah. weren't colonized by then etc etc but um, but yeah coming back to your question about you know basarat meer i mean let me talk to you talk about you know my who's an equivalent in my book which is you know shikhar gupta mm-hmm. um you know the guys uh, new portal decided to paint up communal and jay kareyar you know 
these guys have only uh, they track only hindu artifacts and they have communal motives and no pata nahi kya kya um and uh, you know painted what is actually a nationalistic or a patriotic uh, effort or project or what have you as a communal project and and i think you know no, so i think we're it's a double whammy not just are we uh, not just is this topic not being talked about or whatever it is being unnecessarily communalized when there is so much of evidence to the contrary that mm. we are not sticking exactly our, you know our work to um indic or hindu or whatever dharmic artifacts uh, mm. so you know it's kind of crazy how um let me ask you a question anurag uh, let me ask you a question and it's a, it's not as silly as it sounds because now that you mentioned this tip why would anyone anyone in india be against bringing our artifacts ancient artifacts home or why would anyone be against someone who is doing this good work what could be the reason what could be the motivation i mean i i see none well you know so i i wish there was a shorter i mean i, I will give you a shorter answer and then we'll have to explain it to you mm-hmm. now the other way of rewording that question um on why do people not want indian artifacts home yeah. the way of asking that question is why would people support islamic jihadists mm. right and it sounds very random when i just leave it at that so let me give you the next level of detail mm. um i've been saying this for you know half a decade that um our heritage is stolen to fund terror activities oh, and people have called me a conspiracy theorist on my face mm. But interestingly, back in 2015, the United Nations Security Council passed a resolution. And if someone wants to Google it up, mm-hmm. just Google for UNSC Resolution 2199. Mm. And what the resolution says is that ISIS and Daesh have six sources of funding. Mm. Also, like they deal in narcotics, like they deal in sex slaves, they also deal in stolen heritage. Wow. Right? Now. following you know, so so therefore you know it's for me it's not a national pride issue anymore it's a national security issue wow and unfortunately india doesn't see it as that mm. um you know let me give you a short list of countries that do see it as that mm. so the us obviously passed you know hr 2285 mm. ratifying whatever the united nations security council said mm-hmm. um china which is a communist country and therefore anti religion rights construct they have brought in new laws and new enforcement things our friendly neighborhood pakistan has gone ahead and done it so you know they went, they have enacted this thing called the kp antiquities bill in 2016 um you know so you have pakistan that recognizes the importance of this issue but unfortunately indian citizens and indian government is still trying to <coughs> trying to find and find the truth in it very unfortunate because you know as you rightly say this is not just a pride thing anymore this is also a national security thing mm. um just national pride should have been enough to uh, sort of awaken our citizens but with national security angle that anurag has brought in um, which honestly i hadn't thought about as no. much anurag yeah. so i'm glad you're bringing it out on mind podcast today um that more people need to be sort of nudged that this is what is going on the, and the smuggling of this is used to funnel so many activities yeah. and i mean uh, if you want a pop culture reference go look up a show on usa called white collar yeah. i mean i know i'm, I'm 
simplifying it massively but uh, uh, you know th- this is this is i mean this is how easy or hard it is yeah. like to to get these in and also anurag do you see that there was uh, initially I, I, because we we talked about um, and and in a second i want you to come in on this and then we'll go to the current affairs issues about um, the local support i mean i know the regular citizens for them the dt is everything but then there are some elements locally also who help facilitate the smuggle and stuff like that one of the biggest and, and i know um, uh, you know anurag will like to like to talk about him subhash kapoor who is huh? the biggest so i'm coming culprit. to that so, so just hold your thought for a second before we get to our uh, next topic um, i do want to say that this is mindmakers production this mind podcast is brought to you by the mindmakers team this uh, podcast is produced and edited by adit kapadia with the help of our team in india the panelists for the um, podcast are adit kapadia pramod kumar buravalli and sunanda vashish which is me yes anurag you were saying something <clears throat> Well, yeah, it is fascinating how the supply chain for heritage smuggling is is kind of so strong and evolved. Mm. When you have local rowdy cheaters and goons that actually rob temples and forts and what have you, mm. um, you have you know people sitting in Hong Kong and London who kind of create fake fake uh, paper trails and paperwork, mm. um, and then these are actually sold by. very very reputed auction houses like you know sotheby's and christie's and what have you uh, and and bought by uh, governments in the past yeah. um you know so it's, it's a very kind of complicated crime um uh, which which will take ages for us to get into um what i do want to talk about is uh, you know is the fact that if each of us raises our voice enough this issue ends up getting prioritized by the powers that be um which is the contribution i want each of you listeners to make so i want them to make a promise and a commitment that look boss our heritage is getting stolen so bombs can be thrown back at us yes and, and you know it's not a small thing it's not a small, and i'm not saying it right the united nations is saying it the bbc is saying it everybody is saying it except for our desi lutians media guys right so once people realize ki kitna important hai and that they need to push their local papers their local mla mp and the government to do more about it Yeah. Um, I I really wish that kind of traction builds up at some point. I know. Um as you know Anurag nothing succeeds like success. So on this project I also I I don't want to keep it completely um uh, you know that uh, despondent. I also want you to talk about some recent success that you have seen so that people can get um you know motivated and think that you're not just shooting darts in the dark. There is success, there are tangible results that you have seen. So I want you to talk about the success that IPP has seen in recent years. Well, yeah, Rico. On a, on a lighter note, there are two kinds of people in the world, right? There's there's the half glass full kind of people, and you know, and the, whatever yeah, the half glass empty kind of people. Yeah. I've been married too long to be optimistic in life. <laughs> <laughs> so I, you know, so despite it's very interesting, right? The Modi government right, has brought back. stolen temple murtis and antiquities and what have you after a huge gap mm. you know and this is after the cag went out and said that the earlier government did absolutely nothing about it mm. the modi government has brought back uh, stolen heritage from five countries my own the sixth is on the way so canada 
USA, Germany, UK, Singapore, and Australia. Mm. So I think you know. So so there is a silver lining, but at the end of the day, <coughs> uh, the numbers are way too small for us to be kind of happy and to get complacent about it. So you know, we'll keep hitting away at it mm. um, till the time. On a lighter note, Arun. There were so many statues in the earlier government. I don't think they wanted any statues, more statues. <laughs> so, I'm sorry, I couldn't resist taking a dig. No, but um, and, and I mean, we're moving to the current affairs topic. But to wrap up, uh, <clears throat> what you said is very interesting. This should not be a uh, just uh, about national security. Also, this should uh, this should have been a prominent national culture issue for sure, a necessary one. But now that it is a national security issue, it becomes all the more essential. I mean, you know, the first part should have been essential enough, but it's sad that we have to wait for it to become a national. Security, security issue, issue. Uh, you know. Uh, yeah, and, you know, quick, very quickly before you wind up, you know, even on the first part, hmm. um, and and you hit on something very very important, David. Hmm. Even on the culture angle, uh, you know, I think a lot of us in us in urban cities um, don't realize how important or central hmm. a temple is in rural life. Hmm. Right? You know, hmm. from the time from before you're born till after you die. Hmm. You know your your annaprasan, your namkaran, your shadi, your shrad. Everything happens. Everything revolves around, around the temple. A temple, and you know we just ignore that. Yeah. And what surprises me is you know we ignore. Uh, you know I'm not a politician, and I hope I never am someday. <laughs> but I don't even understand how this works because you know we keep making a mudda out of one Ram Mandir, right? Mm. Now it is in the court, and whatever will happen. With the Ram Mandir issue will happen, and that's fine. But you literally have thousands of mandirs across the country which are getting stolen or vandalized or damaged. Mm, yes. You have the opportunity to politically localize the issue, um, and that's not happening either. So you know, I I, I just don't understand how um, how thinking works with some people. कि आपके पास opportunity है कि आंध्रा में और तमिलनाडु में और असम में और राजस्थान में आप इस issue को localize करके relevant कर सके you know for taluks for villages for districts for constituencies yeah um and people don't see that opportunity yeah. i want to ask you another question um anurag that keeps getting um circulated another question is that you work so hard and you're bringing back these murtis or artifacts or anything and then they go back to the museums and everything is there a good uh, framework now in india where they will not be stolen again you know unfortunately no so we are at phase 1 of our battle which is bringing these artifacts back phase 2 of our battle is ensuring that they go back to the communities they were stolen from right? because honestly whether a murti is in a museum in new york or new delhi um from my perspective both of them are wrong it was meant to be in a unique temple and it's got to be back there period part c is to then strengthen the framework and there's there's just so many best practices around the world um strengthen the framework to make sure that these crimes stop happening in the future with the impunity which which they've happened in the past so i think it's it's a much longer battle than you know you and i will grow old fighting it yeah. but you know uh, it, 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 Yes. But we need to get the. We, we need to sow the seeds, Anurag, so that. And we need to sow the seeds. Is a relay race. Mm, the baton is passed mm, from one generation to another, <clears throat> and it's done. So, uh, 
and an interesting part more power to you anurag on this journey so uh, and we'll do as much as we can to support it this Absolutely. is a noble cause very noble this cause. is a project very dear to our heart <laughs> so and, so uh, moving on from india pride to india's not so pride uh, rahul gandhi <laughs> so <laughs> Uh, because I'm going to go. Who was this? Uh, owners' pride and neighbors envy or something like that on Onida TV. अरे उसका तो एक ही है buyers remorse and sellers pleasure. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> trust Arvind to come up with those one-liners. <laughs> so, no, but he 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 decided to bestow us with his knowledge, kindness. He's been launched again, by the way. हाँ, is he? मतलब Congress decided to bestow us with Rahul's kindness, knowledge, Sam Pitroda and Shashi Tharoor all uh, last weekend. And um, so Rahul ji was in Berkeley giving a um, giving a statement to uh, about what uh, about his uh, latest uh, about dynasty and stuff like that. So you know what 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 I found interesting was the incredible. justification that rahul gandhi had and how many people bought that nonsense yeah. i mean he was comparing uh, being the prime minister of india to abhishek bachchan i, mean, <laughs> I don't know who's more offended the prime minister or that abhishek bachchan was uh, that he was used there in was rahul gandhi there speech. was a fake abhishek bachchan handle which said at least i'm not destroying my dynasty <laughs> <laughs> no i mean a lot of people would say that about abhishek though i know but that's what it is uh-huh. but what do you think about anurag about relaunching of the prince You know what? Honestly, guys, I will have to beg to differ from you guys um, because I I'm not so negative about uh, Rahul Gandhi as you guys are. Right? I mean, to be honest, I actually feel sad for the guy. Yeah. I mean, look, clearly he doesn't like hanging around India. Huh? Yeah. Clearly, he, you know, he, he just basically doesn't get along with the people that he was born into, at least from his father's side. Right? And unfortunately, or you know, whatever for. For whatever reason, you're kind of trying to force greatness onto a guy who's like tries to tell you again and again that I am a great man, <laughs> <laughs> and you know, you know, by his deeds and actions and everything, mm. you know. So you know, at, at at some level, you kind of feel bad for the guy. At some level, you kind of feel bad for the university. I mean, you come in, Rahul Gandhi, who who himself had uh, issues with you know excellence and academics and graduating with decency and all of that. <laughs> Basically, is going to a university to give dance to them. I mean, which is you know, to me, it's like me trying to teach dance to like Shyamak Dawar or somebody. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know why the heck push. Anyway, I mean, look, but as a reason, these things are way above my pay grade and my IQ level. I just, I just don't get it at all. No, no, this. You see, I, I don't feel. Uh, I'm, I'm not at all negative about Rahul Gandhi. I'm hyper positive about Rahul Gandhi. Anyone who really remotely wants Narendra Modi as a, to have a second term is uh, will always want Rahul Gandhi to be his opponent because he's always going to win. But Congress <coughs> definitely no, but, needs a makeover. No, and uh, the problem is that uh, the problem is not just Rahul Gandhi. That every state has now its own Rahul Gandhi. Yeah. So you have Rahul Gandhi, and I'm not going to compare Jyotiraditya Sindhya and Sachin Pilot on them. Although they are dynasts, uh, they have been doing more work than Rahul Gandhi on the ground. But I am definitely going to compare uh, the four people in Gujarat as Rahul Gandhi, as uh, uh, inglorious sons of glorious chief ministers, <laughs> or inglorious sons of inglorious chief ministers. And that's what you have in in Gujarat. You cannot have a non like the the one same guy like who is not in the top four or top five being the president of the Congress party. And what what the result of it is in the last fifteen years, if you see the list of presidents and senior leaders it's the same four guys rotating over and over again or the same five six guys 
so that's the problem that rahul gandhi has created rahul gandhi's around the world <laughs> no it is breeding the dynastic comment was uh, you know as arun jaitley um, rightly said that it was a disgrace hmm, it, it was, was a disgrace to the nation that he <laughs> could say hum to aise hi kaam karte hain this is how india works no this is not how, how india, india works, works. Yeah. this is um, actually how india should not work and how you wanted it to work yeah, exactly, exactly so uh, we have been trying to uh, you know sort of get the hmm. merit into this so it was it was really a disgrace uh, so so, so and, and now we're going to move on the other current affairs issues you want to talk about a little bit about the bullet train uh, shinzo ab in uh, in india uh, the sardar sarovar dam uh, current political issues and uh, then we want to wrap up with a interesting bit about intellectuals that me and anurag were talking off air Sounds so good. that's the agenda for the podcast in the next few minutes so uh, we are definitely going to talk about the ballot but let's talk about the bullet first and i'm not talking about that bullet i'm talking about the bullet train uh, which has uh, the foundation for which has been laid the bullet train uh, which is being in mostly funded by japan on a loan by japan um, on a very generous a generous loan, loan. from japan uh, which a lot of people are forgetting uh-huh. and i would i really want to shamelessly plug mindmaker's piece mm-hmm. um ram harita pusarla who uh, writes on foreign policy for mindmakers she has a phenomenal piece called from bullet trains to trade mm-hmm. and i would really like people to read this thing and you know um, i don't know if congresses read uh, mindmakers do they read mindmakers adit mm-hmm. they I, would not be as if they listen uh, to rahul gandhi they probably don't read but they wouldn't be as ill informed if they read mindmakers but yeah. anyway this will tell you on what how we have gotten this train mm-hmm. and the kind of deal that we have struck with japan no but a fact that most uh, idiots and i'm 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 going to use the word idiots uh, making the silly comparison ki are hum log ki bullet train ka paisa safety mein kyun nahi dalte Make. No, because they are not giving this loan for anything else. Yes. They are only giving this loan for bullet train. And, and the and and the safety bit is India's thing to invest. I mean, you yeah. cannot have Japan investing in India's to improve India's tracks. So, yeah. but um, let's give a couple of facts about this. This is supposed to reduce the uh, journey from Ahmedabad to uh, Mumbai by significant amount of time by two or three hours. Uh, it's a um, it's an eighty eight thousand crore loan from Japan. Uh, and it's uh, at the interest rate of 0.1%. The project is payable in 50 years and has a moratorium of 15 years. And uh, there's going to be quite a lot of employment opportunities. And the goal of completion is 2022. Now, and of this course, is also that the 500-kilometer Japanese-funded rail project will manufacture parts under Make in India project. Uh, no, and I mean I don't want to sound like I mean you might have. I might have sounded like a DD News anchor, but I wanted to uh, start start this off with facts because facts is what is not given when it comes to the bullet train debate. Facts is a right wing conspiracy. Uh huh. And no, and it's not even because then they had Shiv Sena uh, MPs come, uh, MLAs come. It's like, uh, uh, are Ahmedabad kisko jaane ka hai? I mean, but but uh, uh, people have said that Shiv Sena has opposed any single project that has meant progress. Yeah. You know. So Anurag, what are your thoughts about the bullet train first? Well, you know, honestly, I think uh, historically India has had a record of, you know, politically coalitions might change, hmm. but the anti-progress coalition always remains the same. Like <laughs> it's the same set of usual suspects that stands up and starts screaming whenever there's an infrastructure project, whenever there's a new hospital, whenever there's, you know, whatever. Hmm. So I think you know we we just have to collectively start ignoring these guys, and at one point, you know, they 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 will. evaporate away into oblivion 
But uh, yeah, I mean, I, 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 if anything, you know, Prime Minister Modi has shown uh, the grit of saying that okay, boss, you have to say whatever you want to say in the mic, and the TV will show you. No, but I have to tell you. So, I, so one thing that Modi doesn't do is pay, pay fake, fake obeisance to the Shiv Sena. What they were used to, you know, that people uh, come. Uh, the first, the funny thing was some. I, I, Shiv Sena said a statement saying no Marathi wants to go uh, uh, on the train. Uh, so I was going to joke that it's not for the forty odd lakh Gujaratis in Mumbai. So um, just for them. <laughs> Um, jokes apart, most of my Marathi friends actually came and said that uh, uh, who the hell are is he talking about? I'm a Marathi but, and I'm, I'm, trust, I'm no no listen, trust, listen this is a funny thing mm. and then a Marathi friend of mine is like maybe they forgot to mention that in before Dadar there should be a Matoshri train stop and all Marathi because trust Sena to bring identity issues even in bullet train even in bullet train yeah it's but ridiculous. Cheese me, mm. but then I have seen people bringing no, identity I, I, issues in dead bodies so. and then yeah. And then, then I remember two years ago, Raj Thakre made also this uh, statement is like uh, uh, bullet train kyun and stuff, which I wanted to remind in 2012, actually Raj Thakre toured Gujarat to understand what pro progress Gujarat has made under Modi. So if he can do that, then the other people should also be given a chance now in the bullet train to see. But and then, I mean, jokes apart, I think it's, a, it's an interesting project. I think this is a big experimentation for India, whether this can be replicated on other uh, at other stage. I'm not so sure, but probably it can be thought of connecting big metros like probably Bang Bangalore Chennai can be a good route that can they, they can think of and uh, I don't know Delhi Lucknow or you know Delhi Jaipur I mean th things like that so and in Ahmedabad Mumbai is a very interesting thing also because a lot of people do daily ups and down up and down for businesses yeah so if 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 they can you know provide that that's what means to be seen any closing thoughts on bullet train before we move ahead uh, Anurag well, no, I think, you know, this kind of directly, you know, leads into the next topic uh, you wanted to talk about, where mm. we're talking about the soft loan and how fast it will pay off and all of that. Mm. And this whole Sardar Sarovar project for me is a brilliant example of how, yes. you know, the current government has actually shown it to us. You know, the damn, uh, you know, foundation stone for this was laid in 1961. Mm. I know. 1960. I mean, look, Pranha Mukherjee was a young dude back then. So we're talking <laughs> about... You know, that time. Even by India standards, this is pathetic. He said the World Bank said it would not fund the project, and uh, but India too had decided that World Bank or no World Bank, I'm just reading, we could build the Sardar Sarovar Dam. And then he said very interestingly, I have knowledge or I have kacha chitta of everyone who tried to stall this project, hmm. but I will, not, I will not name them as mega I do not Patkar. want to go on that route. And Mega Patkar. Yes. No, seriously, uh, uh, what uh, and one thing there is, I, I can say for sure, Sardar Sarovar is very close to my heart. Um, 
I had grown up in an Ahmedabad where uh, the <laughs> Sabarmati used to stay dry for the entire months of summer, and um, the, the the thing is, Gujarat had had uh, deficiencies of water. This, you know, Sardar Sarovar helped ease a lot of the interlinking of Narmada and uh, Sabarmati. I'm I'm starting from that point to Sardar Sarovar is the amount of protests this project has faced. Um, Mega Patkar and many other. Vi- invested ngos uh, um, had done this world bank refused to fund this project and india still did it um, and you know there is a weird thing that um, i i don't know if congress has said anything or something but by and large if not o- over the top the gujarat congress will tell you that they are in favor of this project yeah. okay so there was a bipartisan support and my joke to suranda will be like if if vega patkar wanted any attention on uh, for this project she would not agitate in ahmedabad she would go to delhi and agitate yeah because in Ahmedabad, but she would not get support she people, would not get support because people knew how, why yeah. they needed why it. they needed it so, so you had amir khan sitting on rangde basanti uh, in, uh, delhi. in delhi in delhi not in uh, ha, gujarat uh, agar if you really want to do go in march in gujarat and talk, talk to people. people because um, i don't understand how do you expect a grassroots movement to work without the grassroots people no and i remember these during the sardar sarovar debates they were so partisan debates and people would call these college kids in delhi yeah. uh, b- b- completely left of center Nein, and others no no amir khan ko laate the and then they would call this most uh, their incoherent person from gujarat bjp and uh, the guy would be like what is the benefit of this what is the uh, so that? and that guy is like are narmada hamari jiva dori hai uske baad hame kuch nahi pata i mean you know you don't they don't understand yeah they don't understand this so yeah. it's 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 a, it's a, it's actually a issue of pride and can i put an irony this you know this this again i i have kept on saying for a long time this election is was congress's election to lose or not to give a challenge to mm. the bjp this this sardar sarovar dam is going to benefit bjp a lot of course as a it should lot. because they have stood up with this project and as narendra modi himself has matlab sina tan ke he has this thing he has the amount of criticism he received over this i mean from arundhati roys of the world to uh, meeta patkar to everyone uh, i mean the international recognition it got when she donated all her money the prize money from uh, uh, booker prize that she got to sardar sarovar mm. uh, this thing so the amount of inter matlab koi kasar nahi chhodi thi to make it an international issue hmm. except not talking to gujaratis except not talking to gujaratis which is which is crazy which is how these things work and this is the Uh, sorry, Anurag, you were saying something. Yeah, you know what? But honestly, uh, it does not surprise me at all. You know, you just have to look at the the, the people that the you know that the, the left ecosystem uh, thinks of as heroes, and you will know that this kind of uh, you know dogla par is actually part of the DNA, and it is part of the intellectual manifesto that these guys follow. so i don't think honestly you should expect uh, it to be any different because you know, this is this is literally what you know karl marx um wrote and showed about two his actions in his life so no you, you know i will tell you something and i'm going to sound like a completely partisan gujarati on this and that is why a lot of people of andhabad and gandhinagar were miffed with lk advani this project was uh, stopped in 1996 as a stay order mm. and lk advani has been a mp of gandhinagar from 1996 to present he didn't work on it really he was the freaking home minister of india did nothing he should have stood up for this yeah 
Yeah. I mean, if not for his constituency, just for the damn economic impact. No, it really, as we, when you said that BJP will take credit of it, and I said, if Narendra Modi takes credit for no, it, not just well Narendra Modi. No, no, it, it has to be, it, it's BJP. It's Keshubhai Patel as well. Yeah. All BJP CMs since have, even freaking Shankar Si Vagela. Vagela also. <laughs> who so who BJP, was in Congress. I know. So, so BJP, it, it is a bipartisan bi- issue. Bipartisan but issue. BJP has stood up for it. And, um, they deserve to get the credit. And, yeah, and I would have, and Advani has made statements in support or something. I just ho- had hoped that LK Advani as a Home Minister of India would have done more for this I than agree. what he did. I but agree. that's that's there. Yeah. Um, anyways, we're going to the last part of the podcast. We're going to talk a little bit about, a little bit more about the current affairs and then about the intellectuals issue. So, you know, one thing before we go into other thing, it, it, it's very funny. If you watch American news channels here, Hillary Clinton is on this book tour about and his book, her book is called What Happened? Yeah. Huh. And I mean, uh, she's still not able to leave the uh, day to day politics. And most Democrats I talk to, they say that we have to move beyond Hillary Clinton and Bernie Sanders. And Hillary is virtually blaming Bernie for her loss. So I think that's just quite silly. Uh, some, some people need to uh, retire gracefully. Hmm. Hillary is one of them. No, but she, she's uh, the the way she is going. She might probably go uh, uh, d- retire very disgracefully. Yeah, <laughs> so uh, that's that's the one part uh, that sad reminded me of Trump. The North Korea U.S. thing. What do you think is going to happen, Sunanda? Not much. Hmm. It's a, a who asked me yesterday. Somebody asked me yesterday. I said it was a baby dictator versus senile dictator. We'll see. <laughs> So, Come on, you cannot compare Trump to Kim Jong Un. No, I was just intellectually maybe, intellectually, but, but I was not saying, ideologically. No, 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 it's not there. I'm just saying that it's a baby dictator versus somebody senile. So we will just see. I don't think much is going to happen, Adit. No. I just think that there will be um, a lot of back and forth this thing. But eventually, he's already asked South Korea and all those hmm. uh, things. So I, 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 I'm not anticipating any big challenges on that uh, front interesting other interesting. than um, what are what about you Anurag? quick thoughts before we move on to the next topic honestly um, you know i think uh, it has worked to india's benefit for china to have some kind of a distraction on the northeast mm. so from a very very nationalistic point of view from a very self-interest point of view for india I think the whole uh, North Korea distraction has worked very well for us. So yeah, so I would like to extend my thanks to the great leader. Hmm. Dear, dear leader, dear baby dictator. I call him baby dictator. Baby dictator. I mean, he looks like a chef. So, baby uh, dictator. Uh, so uh, no, I mean, no, don't dis- don't disrespect to chefs or something. Mm-hmm. But actually, I saw this movie. Uh, anyways, yeah. <laughs> I, I digress. Um, let's talk about um, uh, any other current affairs issues that has dominated the week, Sunanda. Um, you know, this whole thing about um, Congress uh, leaders again. Um, you know, their journalist friends tried to save the day for them for saying that you know the Congress and the left so-called as an abuse on the um, social media it's the domain of the right-wingers mm. and then spectacularly they lost the debate when Digvijay Singh and Manish Tiwari openly abused used, used abusive language yeah. so I was like in Bacharon Ki Mehnati Pani Phir Gya mm-hmm. Srinivasan Jain did an entire show on 
this hmm. and yet these congressy guys could not keep their mouth shut what is nee, what nee, is nee. happening is there not enough uh, coordination nee, between ndtv and congress i, I thought that they are also going to uh, uh, quote shashi tharoor and say that uh, the left left and the congress is very poetic but then we can quote kapil sibal back to them and tell them that that is not the case yeah. i mean if you want to really see what bad poetry is uh, uh, look at kapil sibal's timeline i had a couple of things to tell him to in bad poetry this week yeah. but anyways so that's that um another uh, another issue since we did talk about the intellectuals uh, trying to uh, you know say abuse is a one way street you had something that we were talking off air about the intellectuals thing what was that yeah you know very you know lately i've been getting very interested in the whole working of the left wing ecosystem mm. to really understand where they come from and you know what motivates them and mm. what their foundational thinking is based on right you know so if you look at the jnu types and the routine media types and whatever so i i started kind of researching on karl marx you know thinking he was a bada or a holy hero in ke paas hai nahi and as i read more and more i just find so many parallels with you know the kind of choice individuals are making around who they glorify mm. so there is just two three things about um, karl marx which i found out very recently right so one is apparently um you know the dude wrote a lot of theory on workers rights and all you know workers mm. rights and uh, socialism and all of that but apparently he has never ever even visited a factory or a mill or a mine mm. or whatever mm. all his life mm. right, so here is this guy karl marx who's mm. writing about workers rights mm. who's writing about uh, uh, socialism and what have you mm. but it is purely based on speculation and theory not based on any first hand experience that he he's had for a second i thought you were talking, <laughs> talking about sitaram yechudi i know because i was going to say that, that, that right? his ideological you know, thinking was like sitaram yechudi or prakash karat or whatever you know born with a silver spoon and you know party international yeah, red spoon how dare you say silver spoon anurag right in his work in life and uh, you know they feel they speak for uh, you know they feel they speak for the downtrodden it's kind of very very weird you know Mm. and there's a couple of couple of other things if we if we have a minute or two um you know karl marx had six children right mm. and here are some of the views he has openly kind of spoken about in his life right he had girls who he did not allow to work right mm. he felt that girls should or women should learn the piano paint and crochet mm. he vetoed his girls from having career now you know look i have a daughter right and i really hope that she grows into whatever she can be mm. and here you have the hero of the left that won't allow his kids his girls to work mm. um, or to even marry by their own choice right and the guy was you know such a pardon me using the word but such an ass towards his family mm. he had three children edgar guido and francesca mm. who died as children because he refused to hospitalize them can mm. you beat it left Alma is left is very regressive left is extremely aggressive yeah and then he had you know three more daughters who survived jenny who died a mysterious death laura who committed suicide and eleanor who died because of a drug overdose as you know the funny part in all of this is the only child of karl marx that survived hmm. was it was a boy called henry hmm. who was his illegitimate child from his slave called helen demo Oh, wow. So here you have Karl Marx, like who's fighting for human rights and what have you, who actually had slaves, 
who he had an extramarital affair affair with and had a child who he disowned all his life. Wow. I mean, I, I don't know how. And and you know, you see parallels of this kind of behavior. You know, with your Kanhaiya Kumar, right? Who goes on a business class flight, and proudly he is going on TV and saying that you know my parents are living a living a life of penury. And you know, I can fly business class and give speeches at conclaves, but my parents have to survive at three, you know, in three thousand. Forget, forget, forget about, forget about business class, you traveling business class, Anurag. The fact that he can be in his mid or late thirties and not work. If his parents are in penury, then why not work? But precisely the point here: ten thousand rupees ki BPO ki naukri karlo yaar, paisa bhej do thoda ghar. I know. You know, and 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 then you suddenly think, "Hey, acha, iska hero was Karl Marx." No, but 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 Karl Marx was the guy who but went Anurag, to his mother's funeral. Anurag, Anurag, let's think it for a minute, huh? Uh, no, no, Anurag, that is a logical thing to do. Left, where have leftists been logical? Yeah, logic, logic, and left doesn't work. Hmm. You know, and and very interestingly, I think uh, you know the India me who saying saying, "Hey, na, ki har maa ko apna bacha chaan likhta hai." Hmm. So I'd like to very quickly, you know, one statement that Karl Marx's mother made when somebody asked her about the book Capital, mm. you know, which which is the Bible for a lot of these guys. Mm. So Karl Marx's mother describes Karl Marx as this: she says, "Wish that Karl would accumulate capital instead of just writing about it." <laughs> <laughs> That's a lovely line. That's a lovely line. <laughs> Interesting points, Anurag. Very interesting. Um, moving on, we before we get onto our recommendations, our tribute to the only marshal of the IAF, hero of the 1965 war, Arjun Singh, yes. who passed away yesterday at the age of 98. And um, what a life! What a life! And in fact, the Navy spokesperson gave the best um, tribute to him. He said, "What a sortie you had!" What a sortie! I mean, it was just. And when was that? When is that iconic picture of him being at very uh, like he was? Old and he was still saluting at the um, uh, just couple of years, just ago. couple of years ago, to a yes. young boy. To a young boy, it was. It was, and then there is one picture of him where he was um, temporarily uh, indisposed and he was in the um, wheelchair. But when Abdul Kalam passed away and in Delhi, he came and he stood up from his uh, wheelchair to give his tributes. That's an iconic moment that brings goosebumps. But here is the hero. Here is the um, you know we were talking in the last podcast about our heroes, and here is a. Genuine Indian hero, mm-hmm. only marshal of Indian Air Force, Arjun Singh. We salute you. Salute you. So with that, uh, and I'm not going to go into the jabs that Rahul Gandhi made. No, tribute, but anyways, um, uh, Anurag, uh, your recommendation this week? Well, you know, I, uh, it's not new, but I read this book about a decade back. It's called Crimes Against Logic. Hmm. Um, so you know, this has a chapter on the kind of Um, I thought this was the title of Rahul Gandhi's autobiography. <laughs> <laughs> you know, 
I'm sure the author will give away rights and Rahul Gandhi chose to write this. But you know, very interestingly, you will see a lot of, you know, Rahul Gandhi and Sitaram Yeshuri, you know, and a whole bunch of people in this book, you know, you'll see a whole bunch of Barkhadas, you'll see a whole bunch of Shekhar Gupta, etc., etc., with a chapter on the kind of deliberate attempts to obfuscate logic that a whole bunch of people make. So I think. For everyone that wants to have a fair, unbiased view of the narrative, we must read this book. You know, there's a chapter each on the kind of misinterpretation that happens when when people, uh, you know, where, where they come across as logical, but they really aren't. Um, and I think every narrative that is presented to us, we should be filtering it through the lens um, that this book will provide. It's called Crimes Against Logic. It's a pretty old book. It's available on Flipkart and Amazon in India. Really yeah, absolutely. Thank you. And Sunanda, your recommendation? My recommendation, quickly, I want to, for those who uh, want to know about 1965 war and uh, Ajahn Singh was the hero of that war, do read the 2002 interview that Gaurav Savant did with him. It's uh, The title is, We Would Have Lost Kashmir in 1965 If It Wasn't for the Indian Air Force Offensive. A lot of people are not aware of Indian Air Force, the role of Indian Air Force in 1965 War. I would highly recommend this interview of um, uh, Arjun Singh with um, uh, Gaurav Sahib. First of all, we almost forgot. Uh, happy birthday to the Prime Minister Narendra Modi. Oh. We are recording this on his birthday. But he wanted us to do, he wanted it to be Seva Diva. So we are doing Seva. Seva. We are doing Seva. Uh, Seva Diva, absolutely. <laughs> My, I have two recommendations. One is a recommendation that Anurag actually told me to watch. A documentary on Benazir Bhutto. Mm -hmm. And the Bhutto family is, you know, the most mystique. Fam mysterious family and what how she was assassinated and everything it's on youtube it's a four mart part thing and on the day on the birthday of narendra modi and since it's about time for navratri i want to recommend two or three gujarati folk songs by poets like ramesh by parekh veni by purohit and others these are poets of 60s 70s and 80s and uh, i know the prime minister enjoys them you do as well as navratri comes but with that, I would like to thank Anurag. Thank you so much, Anurag, for coming in. I hope you enjoyed my, on my podcast. And do guys check out the India Pride Project website. They're doing a phenomenal job. And best of luck to you, uh, Anurag, and to IPP Project. Thank you so much, guys. Thank you so much for, reading, for, for doing this. And, you know, love to watch. Absolutely. Uh, we'll be back next week with more. Thank you guys for joining in.